0: a new series starting tonight um, that is called At the Cross and uh, Pastor Farrell had heard a, a message from Pastor, uh, from, from Pastor Adrian Rogers. He had a, uh, a message called the Calvary Attitudes and it was all about attitudes and uh, demonstrated near the cross and meaning that day at the cross, the cross being with Jesus, Many of that day, they had a lot of different attitudes. They had attitudes of worship. They had attitudes of sadness. They had attitudes of, of grieving. And then, sadly, they, they had other attitudes that were wrong, that were, that were sad and bad and sinful. Um, and after describing these attitudes briefly, Dr. Rogers pointed out that there ain't nothing changed. There ain't nothing new. You know, we all have the same types of attitudes. So as we prepare our hearts for Easter, we're going to examine our hearts. And see if we have any bad ones, any bad attitudes in us. We have, and if we do have any, we're going to leave them at the cross, amen. Throughout the series, we want to focus on Matthew chapter 27 in the process of preparing the amazing Easter celebration that's coming. I mean, anybody else excited about Easter other than me? I love Easter. Easter is awesome. I love the, I love everything about Easter, but the pollen and the, and the allergies. I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but guys, I have over the years. The older I get, the more worse my allergies get. I mean, Amy knows I have what I call sneeze attacks, and they just don't go away. It is over and over and over again. So, I believe some of the sickness that's going through started with allergies, and some people maybe. So, uh, yeah, I love Easter. Obviously, love what it what it means, and uh, what it's about, but do not like the allergies. The manuscript tonight, um, if you want to follow along or, or get the, the, uh, the notes, uh, you can go to info at bridgechurch.cc online, and um, you can uh, type in um, uh, the Goldsboro campus uh, specifically there. Also, if you want to follow along online, we have a Bible app, and uh, just go to events, and then uh, go to Goldsboro campus, and uh, there you'll have those. Uh, notes there. Also, if you want to, if, if anything touches you tonight, speaks to you, and you want to uh, put it on uh, social media, you can use the hashtag at the cross. So, let's let's get going. Anybody ready for the word? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27 is going to be uh, verses 1 through 2. This is coming from the King James Version. It's already up there. Thank you, fellas. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they, had, uh, when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. First, let's identify the, the scenes, the scene in the key, key players here, in this whole scripture. It was morning. It was after the, the Last Supper, the, the night in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was arrested and... Um, Peter denies knowing Jesus at all, all night long, and then the illegal trial with Jesus. And then the, those that were, that were there were the, were the chief priests, the elders, the, the, the Jewish religious leaders of the day. They, they wanted Jesus dead because then they wouldn't have all the power that they would have. You know, back then they... The religious leaders were all about, look at me, look at me, look at me. What about me? And I want to have all the power. And they knew that if they allowed Jesus to continue on, see, Jesus, Jesus kind of figured out their game. He figured out what they were actually for. They weren't for him or weren't for the people. They were for themselves. And they understood and they realized that he was. he kind of figured them out. So they had to get him out of the way. So they wanted him to die. And then Pontius Pilate, the governor, Jewish leaders didn't have the authority to give the order, so they hoped that Pilate would. We'll look at Pilate more uh, later in the series, but today let's focus on the chief priests and the elders. They were the self-righteous religious leaders of the day. I tell you now that there, um, there are some religious people... Still in this world, maybe some religious people in this, in this room, and that's okay, but there's going to be some religious people that are going to be offended today about what we have to say and what God has to say through me tonight. I remember years ago, I was, I was hanging out with some, with some people, and I went with a friend to a, to a certain house, and the guys were all talking. It was just guys, and you know, when just guys get along, things can happen. And guys were talking and they were, now. like I said, I went with this one guy I knew and all these other fellas I didn't really know, so they didn't really know me at all. And there was some cussing going on and some, some smoking going on and, and a lot of other things that were going on. And nobody knew who I was and I didn't have any part of that at all and, and it, it kind of got weird for a moment there where everybody else was doing this stuff, but I wasn't and one of them all of a sudden come up to me and said, man, you all right? You ain't doing all this other stuff. You all right, man? I mean, I don't really know you, but you all right? You doing all right? Okay? You need anything? I said, no, nah, I'm good, man. You want you want a drink? You want a smoke? No, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I appreciate it. And then over the night, over the day or, or the night or whatever, it, it passed, and the same guy kept coming back and he like, man, there's something different about you, man. What's wrong with you? You all right? Seriously. He finally realized what who I was, and Finally opened up and told him that I was a preacher. and He was like, no. <laughs> he said, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that in front of a preacher. I didn't mean to do all this stuff. I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to be this way, man. I'm just the way I am. I'm sorry. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's cool. You're all right. You're, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't accept what you're doing, but, but it's okay, man. Yeah, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to stone you. I'm not going to judge you or anything. And he was just like, man. You're the coolest Christian I know, man <laughs> you know I mean because there's a, unfortunately there's a lot of Christians that give us Christians a good a bad name, you know, and uh, that's who we're going to be talking about tonight but um so can I tell you that i'd I'd rather hang out with with guys like that than the religious leaders, the, the ones that are all up here and, and, and how dare you do this and, t- and putting, sticking their nose up at people and, and condemning them and judging them and saying, how dare you do this, you're going to hell. and da, da, da. Who in here is like me that would rather hang out with those people that are a little rough around the edges compared to the people that think they got it all together? Because ain't nobody in here got it together. Come on, man. Nobody's got it together, including me. We all mess up from time to time. Religious people hear that I, 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 I and think I've, I've stepped over the line with saying the things that I just said. But the truth is I've stepped right into the middle of where Jesus lived. You know, he, he caught lots of grief about hanging out with sinners. He gave grief to self-righteous religious people of his day. I had a person ask me one time, what it meant to be a Christian. She, they, said, they said, I know what it, that it has something to do with church and it has something to do with the Bible and I know I have to choose the right religion, but I don't really know anything other than that. I don't, that's as far as I know. What, what does it mean to be a Christian? So I, I told her, simply point blank, that Christianity is not a religion. It's about a relationship with God himself. I said, I said, I was saved back in 1996, and it wasn't a a religion that saved me. It was a relationship that saved me, and that relationship was only through Jesus Christ. And they were like, wow, that's cool. Can I have a part of that? You know, because they saw that through me. And I'm guessing some of you are thinking that, Joe, you've lost your mind. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with religion? I thought that... That, that religion was cool. I thought we're, this is what we're all about. What's wrong with that? Well, let me give you a definition of what religion really is some of, and, and some of the problems with religion. Religion is man's attempt to please God by adhering to a set rules and regulations. Man, that really sounds really fun, don't it? It really sounds like that's something that we all want to get a part of, right? We want to be a part of rules and regulations, don't we? Yeah. No, we don't. Nobody does. You know, we have these things as guidelines to put us where we need to be, yes, but that's not what we want to be, be, be bound to, which leads me to the next one. It's from, the, from the Latin, Latin it means, uh, it says, uh, religio, to tie or to bind together. The same root word is bondage. So we don't want to be bound, do we? We want to be free to do what we please, right? So hear me. Jesus didn't come to put us in bondage, did he? He came to do what? To set us free, right? Amen. So, um, so in time, we, so in the little time we have today, let's learn the difference between religion and a relationship. Because there's a big difference. Good news is we don't have to go far to find answers. Paul addressed his uh, this heads up in the church of Galatia. Go with me to um, go with me in uh, your mind to the to the first century of Galatia, modern Turkey. Paul started the, a cluster of churches across the region. He he'd get he'd get them established and and move on to start others and so on and so on. And sometime after he left Galatia and a A group called the Judaizers came and joined the church. They were Jews accepting Jesus, but still had the laws. So they had Jesus and the laws. They were upset about Christians who weren't obeying the law. They, They taught that being a Christian was not just about having a relationship with Jesus. But they taught that it was about Jesus plus the laws and rituals. And regulations. Paul gets word of all this that's going on, and he and he writes a letter. Understand Paul's background. Now, Paul was a Pharisee. He was the worst of the worst. You know, he was the guy who had all the background, all the education, all of this, all of that, and he he made it his life purpose to destroy. Christians and Christianity from the face of the earth. That was his life purpose. He, was, he tried his very best to get rid of it. He didn't have anything to do with Christians. He didn't, he didn't believe in anything that, that, that what he thought the Christian religion was all about. See, He had it all wrong, though. He had dedicated his life to wiping out Christianity, he was, and he was good at it. He even signed off for Stephen's stoning. He put forth a lot of things and, and put a lot of Christians in prison. So, this is Paul. Keep in mind his background. He hated Christians and all that they stood for until he met Jesus. You know, he was all against Christianity. But he didn't know the Christ in Christian yet. You know, that's why he didn't understand. He didn't, he didn't believe in it. He didn't know what it was all about. But he met Jesus face to face, as we all know. And then everything changed. He was set free. His eyes were open, and he saw the truth. He saw the grace. He saw what Jesus could have done to him, and he saw what Jesus did for him. That encounter set him on a journey, he became the most effective missionary of all times, he wrote most of the Bible. This same man who was determined and dedicated to use all of his life to take away and destroy the Christian religion and everything it stood for, in turn, became and used that same dedication and determination to build what he soon found out what it really was, and that was Christ. And he went out and and changed the world because of it. So can you imagine when he learned what was going on? That they were drifting from freedom of religion to bondage of religion. You know, he was ticked. He was mad. You know, he was, he knew. He was one of those Pharisees. He knew what, what they were about. He knew what they believed in. And, and, and now the, the, the Galatians were, were, were shifting towards that. They were moving towards that. They were drifting towards that. And he understood what that, what that meant. And it made them upset. It made him mad. He tried his best to, to convince them to go other ways. Can we just admit that plenty of Judaizers are still around today? They are, man. There are a lot of... Religious people, you know, they don't even have a relationship with the one that they say they believe in. You know, it's been a good bit of my Christian life being criticized too. You know, Amy and Amy and I. Amy, there's my my bride right there. Raise your hand, baby. Yep, yep. I'm gonna have a good night tonight. She's going she loves me now because I I said something. But yeah, that's what she do. Sorry, this is what you do when you're on stage. You can't forget your ride. But anyway, she I'm I'm blessed more than I deserve. And I don't just say it because she's in front of me, but I am. I'm blessed more than I deserve. But I'm not gonna say anything because I'm not gonna cry. So, me and her, mostly her. I was just a grunt in the back of it, but we she was the brains. But we uh we helped a a young girl um throw a birthday party for her, and uh she had she had terminal cancer and uh, she was a little girl that we knew through the school and uh, she had terminal cancer and on her birthday she wanted a a circus type birthday so my bride being the the great girl that she is we barely knew this family barely knew the girl other than just just the school and what happened we did we did all kinds of things for this girl to help raise money for her and, and, and for the cancer and everything and she helped a lot of other great people in the community put this this thing together, this party together, and, and set up in this church all these different stations of, of games and whatnot, just like a circus for all the kids and families and, uh, and friends to come by and, and it be actually like a circus for that little girl that day. <clears throat> and thankfully that little girl is cancer-free today, so she can still remember those days and still see those pictures as memories, thank God. But I remember being there, and I was just, like I said, I was just a grunt. I was just a, a, a gopher. I was working for the boss right there at the time, and whoever else was there. I was making popcorn and whatever needed to be done. And uh, I remember walking around, and I had a shirt. You guys may have seen me uh, wear it, but it says P-R-A-Y, pray. And it says, it's a four-letter word that you should use often. And there was a lady there who saw it, and we were just making small talk, and she said, I really like your shirt and we, we talked about that for a good while and she talked about what church she went to and then she started talking about other churches that were bigger than her church and talking about what they were doing and what she thought was, was wrong and she, how she thought they were getting people and gaining people in their church because they had loud music and they had drums and they they had lights and cameras and Smoke and all this stuff. And she thought that they were watering down the message and quenching the Spirit and all this. And how can they get people in there without bringing just God in there and this and that. And how dare these churches do all this stuff. They, they have to put all these lights and all this stuff in here and uh, just to bring people into the church and this and that. She went on and on and on and on. And then finally at the end, she says, what church do you go to? I said I got to the bridge. She said, "Oh, I'm sorry, sure. I'll be praying for you." <laughs> whoa! And she walked away. Yeah, I was mad, man. I was ticked. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I was like, "Whoa, man!" I was a. I want to compliment. That was a. That was a punch. You know. So we get that a lot. You know. I know you probably do too. You probably. You hear it all the time. Oh, you go to the bridge church. Oh, they believe in this and that and this and that. Come on, man. You know, we hear that kind of stuff all the time. But we're still, there still is Judaizers in, in the world. But I tell people all the time, and Pastor Farrell and Pastor Jim do the same thing. And Pastor Andrew and everybody on staff does the same thing. I know you probably do too. When people start talking like that, especially if they don't have a church and they're talking about churches, Say, well, come on. Come check us out one time. We'll, we'll show you what we're really about. Like Gay says, we won't bring the snakes out for that day. <laughs> Messing with them. But, uh, but no, invite them to in church and let them see who we're, what we're really about. We're, we're about a relationship. And everybody in here understands that. Because you walked into to the doors for the first time and you felt that relationship. You know, we're a relational type church. And it's not just about these relationships, but it's about that relationship. Amen? So let's go to Galatians 1. And uh, there's three problems that we'll be treating our faith as religion instead of relationship. Um, number one... Thank you, guys. Sorry about that. Religion is, is a different gospel Yes, that's right. Thank you. Every other letter Paul wrote, think about it. Every other letter Paul wrote, how did he start it? Thank God for you. Not this one. All these other ones he did, but not this one. He goes straight to the point, almost immediately to the issue. Galatians chapter 1, verses 2 through 7. This is out of the NIV says to the, church in Gal- in the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Woo. He won't pull no punches, does he? He goes straight to the point. He won't play it. He was mad, won't he? See, deserting means changing sides in the process of transporting something. Paul's saying, I'm shocked at what I'm hearing. I'm shocked at what I'm seeing. After I showed you how to be free in Christ, you are considering abandoning the simplicity of. Of the gospel. You know, we, we humans, we, we try our best to, to make everything all hard and messed up, don't we? It, 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 the gospel and, and salvation is simple. But we try our best to make it so hard for people at times. You know, we, we try to tell them that, oh, they have to say a certain prayer. They have to say it a certain way. They have to say, if they, if, if they forget this part of the prayer, then they're not going to be saved yet. They have to read the Bible a, a certain amount of times in a year. And they, they have to go to the church a certain many times a, a day and a certain many times a week. And, and they, have to, they have to dress this way, and they have to go this way, and they say this way. No, it ain't about that. But we, a lot of times, make it about that. Unconsciously, we do that, don't we? Don't you understand that you are considering, what you're considering is a different gospel, Paul said. Jesus came to set you free from bondage and legalism. Judaizers have come to lead you back to bondage. That's not what Jesus came to do. He told us why he came in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight, the recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Does that sound like bondage, or does that sound like freedom to you? Sounds like freedom, doesn't it? That worries me. What what worries me is the Galatians weren't only weren't the only ones. I dare say some of you in this room, watching online or, or the video or whatever, are right now stepping away from the simplicity of the gospel. We try to make it hard, but it's simple. It's all about relationship. It's simple. just like, just like me talking to my wife or talking to, to Ivan. It's a relationship to build that relationship you got to you got to communicate don't you any good relationship it's it's not a one way conversation either you talk and then you listen you don't do all the talking somebody's somebody need somebody to hear that lot <laughs> that won't even in the notes. but for real the it's about a relationship and that relationship starts with communication Talking to God is through prayer. Allowing God to talk to you and listening is through his word. So it's about a relationship. Your life was transformed by power, by the power of Jesus Christ. You started out excited about the relationship. Think about it. When, we, when you first, those of you in here that are, that are saved, think about when you first got on fire for God, when you first were saved. You started out excited about the relationship with him, Right? You were on fire, blown away by His love for you. But if you're honest, you drifted to a place where it's more about keeping rules and fulfilling rituals. You know, a lot of times we we think we have to go to church because it's just the right thing to do. We have to go to church now. I can't miss church today, man. Now I got to check that off. I got I got I got to go to church today. But it's not a I got to go to church because I, I got I to gotta feel the love of Jesus today. You know, I got to hear the word of God today. We get that wrong a lot. Paul wanted Galatians to, to know, I want you to know. Paul wanted the Galatians to know, and he, and he said, I want you to know, and, and, and I want you to know, and the bridge wants you to know, Pastor Pharaoh and Pastor Jim and and everybody on staff wants you to know that the end results of making those type of choices, where you, you think more about keeping the rules and regulations, those type of choices, you've chosen different, is choosing a different gospel than Jesus brought. And that choice leads us to the second problem, which is faith as a religion brings confusion. Galatians 1, verse 7. Am I going too fast, guys? You good? All right, appreciate it. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to prevent the gospel of Christ because you've allowed yourself to be influenced by perverted gospel. You're all confused now as to what the truth really is, which is what anything which is anything other than the, a simple gospel. Can I tell you that there are two points of confusion? Right off the bat, religion provides a false system of measurement. If you do something wrong, I feel bad. So, so I do something good to balance it out, right? Results is if I if I feel better, I feel better about myself because of it. Problem is, faith gets reduced to the to the list of of dos and don'ts. In that, I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't I don't chew or hang out with girls that do, and 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 therefore I'm a good Christian, right? right? No. But I'm a good person, right? I I don't, I don't, I ain't murdered nobody yet. I don't, I don't cuss often. I didn't drink today. I go to church sometimes, (laughs) you know? No. Let me warn you, if you go down that road, only a matter of time before you're going to start judging others on a basis of whether they're keeping your favorite rules, you know? Well, you ain't doing this, but I am. You ain't doing this, but I am. But you ain't thinking about the other five that you ain't doing. Come on now. You don't. Well look at them. They, they they look how they they don't raise their hands in church and I'm all about my both of my hands in church. I'm worshiping the Lord. Look at me. No, man. They don't look how they dress. Look how they dress in church. Those like they just got off of work. Look at them. I'm all decked out. Look at them. They, they, they still got grease on their pants. What's the matter with them? That's how we acted, don't we? We look at the other people and how, how they are. When you reduce faith to a system of measurements, the idea of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ gets lost in the shuffle, don't it? When we're always thinking about what we got to do, what we got to do, what we got to do, instead of thinking about the relationship. Have you heard about the, the priest, the pastor, and the, the telephone repair talking about prayer? You may have. I've heard it plenty of times before, but let's say it again. The priest said the best position of prayer is is kneeling. The pastor said the the best position is hands raised toward heaven. The lineman said, I'm sorry, fellas, but the best praying I ever did in my life was when I was hanging from that line. I had both hands in the air. I was praying, please, Lord, save me. (laughs) When you put it in that way, why do people... Why do people get drawn in that, about that, that second point of confusion? Religion gives a false sense of security. We start believing if we, if we get enough things done right, then, then we must be right with God, right? We create this, this checklist, start checking things off. You say, well, my parents went to church. They're Christians. They're religious people. My grandparents, that my grandma, she she drugged me to church every week. She was the best Christian in the world. She's 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 still she she's still alive and she's still saving people. And and I, I went to a, a really awesome church and 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 now I'm I'm actually doing ministry right now. I'm 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 doing Sunday school or I'm doing a little little impact class or a rangers class and I'm I'm doing this and I was I was baptized. I was I got to get out of hell free card, right? By the way, baptism is April 23rd, if you want to sign up for that. <laughs> little plug, a yeah, little plug there. Sign in, sign up on your Connect card. But Paul, I'm having problems with this thing, but it's all right. Paul sees that starting to happen in Galatia. And he yells, whoa, 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 y'all, what are y'all doing? Y'all, y'all, you're going, you're, you're drifting, you're drifting out. He said, "These Judaizers have, have gotten you way off track. You need to stop listening to these guys." And then in Galatians chapter one verse eight, but even if we, it, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be what, eternally condemned. Woo man. He ain't playing, is he? He said, be eternally condemned. Keeping the rules may give you a sense of security and check the right box. And I got it right and I'm good, good type of relief. But anybody who leads you down that path, run away, he says. Judaizers brought a a Jesus plus rules type of faith to them. But Paul said, what's wrong with you guys? You, you knew what I had taught you before. Well, why, are you, why are you going here? Why are you listening to all these different guys? We have to guard our hearts against the same type of mistakes. How easy is it for us to do the same thing? Paul says faith is, a, is not a religion. Jesus is plus anything is a a different gospel that brings with it confusion. So if anyone preaches a gospel of Jesus plus something else or, or anything else, call them condemned and run away. Number three, religion focuses on externals. Verse 10, am I now trying to win the approval of men? Or God. Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. How many of us, be honest, we all have. How many of us have, have leaned towards serving men and serving people before serving God? It's easy. We get we get all pumped up, oh man, he's he's this, he's that, she man, look at her, she's she's knocking out of the park, she's this and that. Why are you leaving God on the back burner? People may approve of you, but does God approve of what you're doing? Think about it. We've all been there, though. If your faith becomes about rules, rituals, you have to ask yourself, living to please men or are you living to please God? Men, men look at it externals. God looks at the motives and looks at the inside, Right? If you, get, if you get focused on the wrong thing, you gotta ask yourself. And ask other people. If you get focused on the wrong thing, you may, you may tell other people, you may go into church and be like, man, did y'all, did y'all hear me sing today? Did y'all hear me sing? Y'all, did y'all, heard me, y'all heard me sing, man. I was singing better than Gage was tonight, wanna? Man, did y'all hear me? Did (laughs) did y'all hear how powerful I prayed tonight? Man, Gage was like, man, did y'all hear how powerful I prayed tonight? I prayed good, didn't I? Man, did y'all hear that? Did y'all see see how much I I put in that offering as it was going by? Man, I dropped it down, didn't I? Man, (laughs) nothing wrong with singing. Nothing wrong with praying. and sure ain't nothing wrong with giving. But God doesn't care about how much you do. But he cares about why. You do it. It's in here. For Samuel 16, verse 7. It says, The Lord said to Samuel, The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Am I saying Christianity doesn't, doesn't care how you live? No. I'm saying Christianity is about living for the audience of one. And that audience of one is Jesus Christ. Amen? John 14, 15. It says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. I'm not suggesting it it doesn't matter what you do. I'm, I'm saying faith as a religion is a different gospel. Faith as a religion brings confusion. Religion focuses on externals. Ultimately, the most important is number four. Faith as a religion blocks grace. And grace at the end of the day is how we're saved, right? If we got grace. What do we got? Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith And this not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. There are only two two faith systems in the entire world. I don't know if they have them charts or not, but they do, don't they? That's cool. So uh, basically it's man tries to get to God through service. And then the other one is God getting to man and through grace. And then in turn, man serving God. Yep, I did right. Good job, guys. When you get that, guys, everything changes. When you understand what Jesus really did for you, that he went to the cross willingly, went to the cross and died for you just so you could live. I don't know about you, but I ain't had many people take a bullet for me lately. I don't know about you, but I ain't had anybody anybody go to the the electric chair for me lately. That's basically what he did, if you think about it. We were on our way. We were on, on death row, if you will. We were on our way to the the chair, and he said, whoa, 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 I got this. I'm going to step in for you. Man, he gets in the chair, and he does his thing. And not only does he die, but he proves he's the Son of God, and he raises himself back to life to prove he's the Son of God. Why? Just so we can be with him. And when, we, when you understand that, when you see that, when you really get that, and you really understand that grace, then everything else is just going to fall into place. The service part. It's not about the works. It's after the grace that the works comes in. Because I don't know about you guys, but after I got truly saved and I truly gave my heart to God... I wanted to live the rest of my life in a way that I was going to pay him back. Now, it was a debt that I could never pay off, but I was going to try my best. And I still am trying my best to pay it off because I owe it to him. I never can pay him off. But it's because of that grace and because of that love, I want to do anything I can for him. So we talk about the rules, regulations, and works, and how we have to get to God. No, that's a byproduct, guys. When we totally are sold out, we understand what Christ did for us then it's going to be second nature for us to want to help people and and help him and and serve him because look at what he did for us. I want to be be faithful to God. Not not because I, I have to, because I get to. It's a privilege. It's an honor. I want to be faithful to my wife and stick through the hard times. Not because I just promised it to her, because I was with her and I promised it to God. I want to keep my heart pure, not just because it, it, it costs us sin, but because He loved me first. I want to show Him how much I love Him back. My life becomes driven with desires to make Him proud, not as a means of of being with Him. Of a well, let me. I desire just to get my ticket into heaven, but as a thanks for his free offer of being with him. Paul got that. He got that. He understood what I just said. He understood that full effect. Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. For you have heard of my previous way of life, how intensely I persecuted the church and tried to destroy it. But God called me by His grace so I might preach Him among the Gentiles. Amen to that. So he, he said, yeah, y'all knew who I was. And you see who I am now. And it ain't because of me, it's because of God's grace. I was a, reli- I, I was, I was a religious man. But then I met Jesus, and everything changed. And God called me by His grace. Guys, if you get that, you will never be religious again. It will be more about the relationship than religion when you get that. You can expect everything to change because the change isn't external, it's internal. Christianity is not about turning over a new leaf. It's about changing the heart. It's a heart transplant. That's what that's all about. That's a story of, of my life. I was, I was this. But God called me by, by, by grace, by his grace. I pray that it's your story too. That I hope and pray that, that one day you'll say, and hopefully a lot of you already have, but if if not, that tonight's your night. But I hope that you'll say that I was that, but God. Called me by His grace. Some of you came here today hurting. Wondered if, you, if you'd if done enough stuff today. Enough good stuff today. Are you good enough for, for God to love you enough? Overcome that pain, that hurt. Thinking that you got to work hard enough to be good enough for God. God loves you the same. No matter what you've done. The truth is, nothing you can do to get, can, can get him to love you anymore. He loves you no matter what. He loves you consistently. He loves you unconditionally. And he, he wants your story to be, this is who I was, but God called me by grace. You know, I think about love, and I think about the love of my kids. How many of you here have kids? A lot of you? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm about to about, about to say, about to talk about. But it don't matter what your kids do. It don't matter. And they've done some bad stuff, ain't they? I know they have. But it don't matter. No matter how, you might get mad as fire at them. Because they know better. You've taught them. You've, you've, you've gone over the rules. You've done this and that, and you've put things in place so they would get it right, but yet they still do the right opposite of what you have taught them to do, not because you just want to teach them to do stuff and make these rules and regulations, but you've taught them these things because you love them, because you want the best for them, because you want to help them and help them along. But when they mess up, yeah, it angers you and it, because it upsets you, because you know that's going to hurt them. But at the end of the day, no matter how angry we get as parents, we still love them, don't we? We might be a little upset with him, but we still love him, don't we? That's how God is. He's our Father. We mess up. We're going to mess up again. But every day, He loves us the same, no matter what we do, because He's our Father. He made us. We're His children. I tell my kids all the time, especially my boy Brock. Brock always gets down on himself about things and. He always is saying he's sorry and this and that, and I said, "Son, are you my are you my boy? Are you my son?" "Yes, sir. Yes, sir." "Now, you ever gonna stop being my son?" "No, sir. No, sir." "Am I ever gonna stop loving you?" "No, sir." "Am I gonna love you any less?" Well, mm, "No, sir. No, sir." You <laughs> had to think about that one, but I've proven me and I have proven that we're not gonna love him any less, and that's the way God is. God's not gonna love us any less. Or anymore. You're sitting in the midst of people who who have found that out about that grace, and and they they, they want you to find that out too. And that's what happened in the early church. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 23, they heard the report the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. They knew who he, who he was and, and who he had became because of uh, grace. And they praised God because of me, Paul said. We live in a world that isn't impressed by our rules and, and re- religion and ri- rituals. They are desperate to fill the, the hole in their heart with God. If you recognize any religion... Versus relationship stuff in your life. The good news is you can leave it at the cross right now, tonight. We're going to give you that opportunity to come up here and, and actually take it to the cross. Give it to Jesus. Christianity is about, it isn't about what you do. It's about Jesus and what he's already done. Amen. I'm going to pray, and and I encourage all of you, not just those that have stuff, but all of you, because, let's be honest, that's, we all have our moments where we lean a little bit towards religion and a little less toward the relationship, don't we? So I encourage all of you, when I start praying, to come up here and and just give it to God. Just lay it at the cross. Put it on the cross. You can feel this whole whole open room right here. And if you don't feel comfortable coming up here, that's cool. You stay in your seat. Nobody's going to judge you or shun you. But feel free. This altar open. Let's give it to God. We all got junk. Let's give it to Him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus we thank you for this message today there are people in here who have put religion before the relationship with you and I'm just as guilty Lord but they want to leave it at the cross today Lord they may not feel comfortable coming to the, to the stage, and that's okay, Lord. You know their heart. You know where they're at. You can hear them no matter if they get up from their seat or not. That's okay. They still give it, give it to you, Lord. But there may be somebody in here who's never heard a message like this before. And they thought that if they had just done enough good stuff and they were a good person... that was enough to get them into heaven. But now they know the truth. They've heard it and they know what you did for them. And they know of your grace. And they want to receive it today. Lord, I pray that you would meet them there at the cross. Today. And I pray that they would give their heart totally and fully to you. Not just a little bit, but everything. Surrender to you. Then, Lord, I pray that they would tell somebody about it. So that we can help them along in this journey. Because it's not always going to be easy. We want to help them. Be with us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to build more of a relationship with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.